Hi, I'm Teresa, owner of T3Fit, and you're listening to the T3Fit podcast, where scoliosis warriors and professionals come together. Here we talk about our scoliosis journeys and the emotional components it takes on from being a parent to being diagnosed with scoliosis and sometimes leading to surgery. It's a place where professionals share their expertise of treatments, from physical therapy to surgery, and so much more. So let's get started. Hey, everybody, welcome to the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. On today's episode, I am super excited to share with you a community of people that have scoliosis that are fused, that train with a mace. They are here today to talk about their journeys of having scoliosis and where they are working with the mace currently and what it has brought to them. I'm going to introduce every single one of them and they are gonna tell their stories And we're just having an open conversation about our journey. We have Sarah Henderson. She is known on Instagram as? Uh, Serendipitous underscore life. Serendipitous is spelled like S-A-R-A because Sarah. Okay. And then we have K-O-L-A, correct? Yes. Okay. K-A-Y-O-L-A, 1185. That's on Instagram. Okay. And then we have Clea Taylor. Uh, on Instagram, it's Clea underscore T-I-U. Pretty sure. Okay. <laughs> and we have Emily. Okay. My Instagram is W-E-M-I-L-Y-E-B-E-R. Okay. So we're, we're going to start. I mean, you guys jump in on this about your journey with scoliosis and training with the mace and where it has brought you and your challenges and how you started working with the mace. So... Who would like to go first? I'm going to say Sarah, because she's the first okay. person I know who started working with the mace. So All Sarah, right. you're up. <laughs> so <clears throat> I was born with scoliosis. I have a congenital uh, birth defect syndrome, which caused that. And growing up, it was always just part of my life and not a huge deal, but I guess a bigger deal than I really thought about at the time. I felt pretty limited in exercise. I was never interested in sports or anything like that. And I, I grew up in the seventies and it was all about, you know, be free. You can do anything you want. And I, you know, I, I heard that, but I knew it was just what people say and that I had limitations and that I couldn't do a lot of things. Um, and so even though I was never athletic or anything, I wasn't really sedentary. My family was pretty active. So we went hiking a lot and, and just stayed pretty active. Um, and then in my mid forties, I got interested in exercise for the first time, really just as a way to try something new and have a new hobby and really learned a lot about how unlimited I have been. And, you know, I started out just watching people do stuff and rolling my eyes thinking, okay, I'll never be able to do that. But trying things a little bit at a time, I've been able to do just about everything. Um, right now I'm working on handstands. Um, and so. Six, six seconds, eight seconds. What's the one? Yeah, six seconds. I held a handstand for. 
Um, and this weekend, this next weekend, I'm going to deadlift twice my body weight. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, so that's pretty great. Um, and then I found Teresa just a few months, I guess, before the pandemic. And, um, and she was interesting to me because she was doing some of the mobility movements that I tried to do and really struggled with and seeing that she was also fused um, and a personal trainer. So I started working with her a little bit on mobility specifically. And I think it was through you that I found other people who were using the mace. And yeah. I'm just interested in learning. I like to try every new thing and it looked really fun. And I didn't, I've also, I've had a lot of shoulder problems. So I wasn't sure if that was gonna work for me. And so one day I was out walking my dogs in the woods and I just picked up a stick and tried, you know, moving my arms in that motion without really much weight at all. And um, it felt pretty good. And so then I ended up making a gata with my friends, just four pounds, super lightweight. And, you know, the first time I tried to swing it, it got away from me like crazy. And, um, but I got better and now I'm swinging steel maces and doing a lot of that stuff and swinging 15 really, right yeah I've, I've been pretty comfortable with a 15 pound mace um and and I'm tiny I'm like 100 pounds um so that's that feels pretty good and really I think what the maces brought to me is just feeling stable like I like the really heavy maces because I my whole body is working and and keeping me upright and um and working to control that weight. It's not just my arms or my shoulders, but really my whole core. And I feel really strong doing that. Okay, you're up. <laughs> okay. So I'll, I'll try and condense it because if not, I'll, I'll be going on forever. Um, <laughs> and also I'll try and remember in order. So I'll, I'll just, everything was normal for me. Like I was a normal kid growing up. I was into like athletic stuff. And then when I was about 18 years old, I started going to the gym. Um, I would do heavy weight lifting because that was the thing back then. Everybody was, how much weights could you lift? And everything was fine, I thought, anyway. And then when I was about 25 years old, I was playing football with my friends one day and then my hips started hurting. And it was like, I started limping from then on. I, I thought that it would be something that would just heal like over time, maybe in about a week or two but it was like hurting for like months and it kept on hurting. So I went to the hospital and they were like, oh, we can't really see what's going on. They prescribed me painkillers. And that just went on like for years and years and years. And I was limping, I wasn't walking right. And nobody, nobody seemed to notice it, but I, I was in pain. Nobody made a big deal about it. So it was not, not something I really complained about, but I could see myself deteriorating over time. So eventually when it got to a point when it was really bad, I, got to, I went to the hospital, they were like, oh, um, you've got ulcerative colitis. And by this point, I've lost a lot of weight. I used to be a person that used to go to the gym, I weighed like about 13 stone. So I was probably down to about 10 stone by now. And I was really looking ill. So they said, oh, you've got ulcerative colitis. That's, it's like Crohn's disease, it's a belly um, bowel condition. So I was dealing with that. I, I was going through medications, going through a rough time, really. And then as, as the time went on, they were like, oh, you've got scoliosis. So basically, they just kept on diagnosing me with things as time went on. 
or you've got this, you've got that. They've said you've got scoliosis, so I was dealing with that. And then I noticed my neck was hurting. I couldn't, I couldn't move my neck anymore. It was really like bad. I was in a lot of pain. And I wasn't putting on any weight at this point. I couldn't eat any food. I was like having blood transfusions, iron transfusions. I was walking with crutches, you know, like I was isolating myself from everybody. It was a really dark period, really. So eventually I went to the hospital and they were like, oh, your neck's broken. And they were like, we, uh, we don't understand how you're even alive. You know, so this, <laughs> it was funny. They sellotaped me to the bed. I was like, why are you sellotaping me to the bed? They were like, mate, you're supposed to be dead. And they were, they were talking amongst themselves and they were like confused as how I was still alive with the sort of injury I had. And I was like, well, if, well, they summed it up. They, was, they, they summed it up to the fact that probably because I was going to the gym and was a bit strong. So maybe that was why the muscles sort of supported the neck and I didn't die at that point. So eventually I had surgery and they fused my neck. So I, I can't turn my neck anymore from, I've got basically no rotation in my neck. So I, I had to start my recovery journey from then. You know, doctors told me at that point, you can't ever go to the gym again. You're never gonna be able to walk again. You're gonna be on, on crutches for the rest of your life. And the prognosis was really bad, you know? So I thought I'm gonna have to take, take the matter into my own hands. You know, so I started with little push-ups. I was always someone that used to go to the gym. So fitness was what I went back to. So I would go to um I would go to the push-ups, I would do the pull-ups, and it was really pathetic looking, really. But I was still trying, you know, but I was trying, I was trying my best. And in my mind, I always knew that I would get somewhere with it. And I could see other people, they really didn't have hope. Some people would they would like commend my efforts, but you could see that they were thinking mm, he's, he's wasting his time sort of thing. So I started researching. I was re realizing, okay, the push-ups are not really doing it. They're really still hurting. I thought there must be another way. Then I, as I was um, doing my research, I came into this thing called rotational movement training. And I was like, okay, I've been trying the straight lines my whole life. Why don't I try this method? They're talking about rotations. Maybe if I tried that, that might help. So I started with that. It was painful as well, but I just carried on. I started with the rope. And then as I was doing the rope, I started realizing, okay, I need a bit more feedback. I need a bit more resistance. And then that was when I came into the mace. And then I bumped into the mace man who eventually introduced me to um, Teresa. And funny enough, I had a, a podcast with the mace man earlier on today. He came on and paid them. Um, you know, me and Jiho, we had made, um, the Mace Man nice. on our podcast. So Mace, Mace Man really is also known I, as Rick Brown, sorry. Yeah, Rick Brown, the Mace Man. So that's pretty much my story without me going on forever. And with the Mace, I started getting better and better and stronger. And with the rope as well, and the um, Indian clubs and the club bells, I really got into the rotational things and I, got, I became a, a real addict with it, you know? And I started putting the weight back on. I started getting stronger, swinging big maces, you know. I've got a big collection of maces, big collection of clubs. And I, I owe my life to it, really. And that's my story. Okay. Uh, Clea, would you like to go ahead and tell us your journey? <laughs> um, okay, well, I, 
I was diagnosed with scoliosis when I was about 12. Um, and I was, I was born with a congenital heart thing that was kind of unrelated. So I was just used to going to the doctors and the hospitals and they were monitoring it closely. So they discovered that I had scoliosis. Um, and I wound up having it fused when I was 14. And yeah, I was also, I was just not very athletic. I, because of the heart, <clears throat> the heart thing, I have a pretty low, like lung capacity, <laughs> not pretty low, but it's lower than normal. So like, I hate running, like I've ran, but I don't like, I can never keep up, you know? Um, so uh, I've always tried to like do some exercise um, just mostly to try to stay fit or in shape, <laughs> but it's always been kind of a struggle and especially um, related to scoliosis because I, there's just a lot of ups and downs with like trying to work out and getting really into it and then hurting my back and like losing all hope and <laughs> giving up for a while. Um, so I was kind of in my 20s. And uh, off and on, yeah, I just go to the gym, basically do the elliptical or something. Um, and then I, during the pandemic, I discovered, uh, it's called TOPS, Twisted Outreach Program um, online. And they're through Vancouver. They do kind of more like yoga for scoliosis and somatic training for scoliosis. And they did like a 21 day challenge. So, and since I wasn't working, um, I actually had time to do it. So I did that and that just got me into, well, it kind of opened my eyes to realize how much scoliosis was actually <clears throat> a big deal in my mind. Cause I, it's one of those things you can kind of forget about cause nobody can see it or anything. Um, and it just made me realize that it was kind of a huge mental block. And so the somatic thing was pretty cool because it, it was just like helping me like learn to move um, and use my body in just really gentle ways. And uh, then I, I think around that time I discovered Teresa on Instagram <laughs> and I was just very drawn to that, um, her specifically because she is fused and there's something about being fused and thinking you're like the only person in the world that's fused and like you you're like you have these really unique problems <laughs> that no one else could ever understand because um, there's a lot of people with scoliosis but not you know not a lot of people that are fused or you know it's very niche <laughs> um, small niche so anyway found Teresa um, signed up and started doing her uh, workout videos through her website. And I just, you know, went through the list in the library and um, realized that I could do a lot of it. And then she was doing the mace the whole time. And I was like, that's too hard for me. <laughs> I can't do it. Because <laughs> I've always had like super weak um, shoulders and arms. Like I play cello, so I, I, I'm super worried about my shoulders and arms, like, cause if I tweak them or something, then it's just like, yeah, I just have a, a real 
sensitivity around it. Like, what if I ruin my shoulders and I won't be able to play anymore? <laughs> and then one day you popped in with a five pound mace and I was like, what is this? Wait, where'd this come from? <laughs> I think I did like two of your videos with the broom and then was like, well, it's only 25 bucks. I'm just going to buy one. And, and I also loved how it looked like it looked really cool and fun, but um, it just seemed really scary to me. So I was like, actually, I had it for a long time before I ever showed it to you. I was really? like, I'm, never, I'm not going to tell her that I have it. <laughs> um, so yeah, I have a five pound mace and, um, and then I bought a seven pound mace and I've been kind of going back and forth. And yeah, for the first time in my life, I have a daily exercise routine. I have a two-year-old, so it's like, I know exactly the amount of time I have. It's like 20 minutes and I just go up there and work out for 20 minutes and swing the mace and I feel like so much better afterwards. <laughs> and it's just, like the people that I like my mom who I see every day is like told me recently that I just like move completely differently like I used to be so like closed up and tight in my shoulders and and just yeah so I'm still on the road to figuring it all out but I do feel a lot better <laughs> and and it's really helped a lot with pain because throughout my teens and 20s I went to so much massage and like physical therapy and just trying to figure out like, cause I always had all these knots between my two scapulas, just like, why, why does it hurt so much, you know? So I just didn't realize I had no muscle tone. So like gaining strength actually helps you hold your body in a way that, you know, prevents pain, so. And the, the, mace, the mace is the perfect modality for that because it is, it keeps you in case words, it keeps us so rotational, even yes. when we are not. Yeah. And it's fun, like swinging it. I actually look forward to it. So it's, it's crazy. <laughs> it's, it's always a good time. It's always a good time. Can I, can I jump in with a question? Have yeah. you noticed any difference in your jello playing? Yeah. Well, I used to, um, I used to just sit down and some days I could play for five hours and some days I'd be like, oh, my arms, my shoulders hurt. Like I had these little twinges in the back and stuff that um, would totally freak me out. And then I just realized like, you know, yeah, it's like, doesn't happen anymore. Also like realizing, oh, I just need to like warm up. These are muscles, you know, I have to, stretch my arms and move around and but I also, also think just having no muscles back there like certain movements or whatever would really trigger it so yeah it's gotten a lot better I think <laughs> great all right Emily let's hear your story when I started high school I joined the field hockey team and I played for about a year and from what what I remember, I was just increasingly complaining like to my mom that I was having back pain and kind of, I think in the duration of just one summer, um, found out that I had scoliosis at that point that seemed like it had suddenly appeared because I'd gone through a growth spurt at that time. Um, and when they took a look at me and everything, I had curves of in the, in the forties and in the fifties. So because it advanced so rapidly, 
uh, with a growth spurt. They had recommended surgery to me. So I have the double rod fusion as we were talking about. Um, but I definitely spent way too many years in my twenties, just trying to kind of like trudge through and ignore the pain because kind of to what Cleo was saying, I felt like I was the only person who had scoliosis and especially was fused. You know, I never met anybody other than, you know, at the time of having the surgery when the care coordinator had, you know, a couple of us in the same kind of surgical, uh, timing batch. I never had encountered other people in my life who had had it. So I felt definitely super alone in that sense. Um, so definitely in my twenties, I kind of just trudged along and tried to not address the pain and, and do everything everybody else was doing. Um, but I had finally gone to a new, just primary care doctor. And for my initial visit with her, when we were talking about me having scoliosis, one of the things she had said to me was, if you were my daughter, I would have you seeing a, uh, a personal trainer, somebody who specifically has a background in ballet or Pilates, because people who train in those things um, are very oriented towards form and like precise form. So that would be something that would be of great help to you. Um, and so I was talking to one of my friends who is a personal trainer and expressing to her, I don't even know where to start looking for this type of trainer, this type of person. And after a few minutes, it dawned on her, Teresa is one of her friends who they used to do personal training together. Um, and so pretty serendipitous, pretty amazing to have bumped into Teresa in that way through you know, one of my friends. It's, it's funny how it all works out. It's funny, it's just kind of, yeah, so. Um, I, I'm not going to, I'll share a very small version. Well, please, Emily, tell us what, um, I know that you're new to the maze training and that you've had some challenges and struggles with it, but even when not working with the mace, we used the bedpost and the instrument that I can never pronounce correctly. The didgeridoo. Thank you. I'll still never get it right. Um, tell us what that felt like. And even with the time that we were in Central Park working with the mace, what did that feel like for you? Yeah, so I would say the first thing about working with a mace that felt different than any other kind of workout is like Cleo was saying, it is appealing. Like it makes you want to go back to it. Uh, I think for me personally, besides the fun element where you're swinging it around and, and you get into the flow with it, um, a lot of the moves are things that make me feel like it's actively like opening up and stretching for me as it's strengthening. So I feel like I'm getting instant feedback from it of something that is feeling good to my body. So um, that's, that's how I look at it in terms of why I like working with it. Um, but I've said to you, Teresa, before, it, it feels like a learning curve in terms of the moves since it's um, it's not rhythmic, but it's it feels more akin to something like dance, mm -hmm. where not only do you need to know um, the move and the progression or knowing enough different little moves that you could stitch them together and do what you guys call as, as mace flow. So, you know, it's not only strengthening the muscles and having the ability to do the movements, but having kind of that, that programming in your head of where you want to go with it, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and I, I will say 
with Sarah in particular, she's really taking it to the next level of doing, I'm going to say in air quotes, the mace flow. Uh, I'm more of the more of the meditative process of just doing the 360s and adding some mace flow. But Sarah has really gone like full force with flowing with the mace. And you just watch and there are people that talk about it and they're just like, what Sarah's doing is incredible. So um, I, you're, all, you're all inspirations to so many people. And that's why I wanted to do this and bring this out there because as you guys have said on your own that the mace in the beginning seemed really appealing but can be intimidating. And I think that with us in particular, you know, being fused and with the limitations, it can be overwhelming of working with the mace. And I wanted us to come together to say that it's, it doesn't have to be because we all have our own stories of limitations um, and you're all rock stars. Like you're all superheroes with the mace as far as I'm concerned. I mean, Kai, Kay and I were just talking the other day about with the clubs and Kay, what's the heavy, you swing like, you, you swing heavy. Yeah, I've got, well, I, I usually use like a 10 kilogram one for regular practice or maybe a six kilogram. I don't know what that is in pounds. Uh, 10 kilos is 2.25 pounds. So it's about 20, 22, 24 pounds. Yeah, so I use that club. And the mace, I'll, yeah, I'll use about a 22-pound 22, 22 mace as well. Sometimes I use a, what's a 12, 12 and a half kilo? Um, it's about 25 pounds. Yeah, 25 or 26 pounds. Yeah. Yeah, swing that around sometimes. I, I don't like to go any, I could go heavier, but I don't like to do that because that stiffens me up a bit sometimes. Okay. Sarah, what's the max you've swung? Six, 15? Um, I've swung the 15 pound for um, a lot, like pretty high reps. Okay. And I bought an eight kilogram mace, which is 17 and a half pounds, but I haven't swung that very much. Okay. Um, yeah. But, and Clea's at seven and Emily has the 10 and the bedpost and the thing. Didgeridoo. And when Didgeridoo. I, when I do flow, I almost always use the five pound mace. Okay. Because the movements like holding things away from my body is so much more challenging. Yeah. The, the iron cross Kay and I were just talking about like the iron cross is, I mean, there's so much going on with that and you just have to stay in like an isolated in an isolated move and it's hard. Mm. I do it with the 10 pound club and it's hard, but the most that I've swung is, is 20. Oh, that's pretty impressive. I'm, I'm good at 20. I'm good at 20. But the first time I swung was with, uh, Cal's bells and, and Paul and this other guy, John. And I think I swung like a 10 pound and I was terrified i was like this is going to hit me i'm not comfortable i don't know what i'm doing and and i sometimes i'll look back at those videos and be like oh my god <laughs> you know and just you i know, love like, to look at their videos too like there's some really really amazing mace flow artists on yeah. instagram and they will post their first videos and they don't look any better than my first videos and, and that's, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. That's the thing. I mean, Rick Brown has said this. How do you get better? Keep swinging. Do a thousand swings, you know, and then. When you, what's that? 
you stick with the fundamentals and keep doing it over and over again. And then it just like, it becomes, it's, it's weightless. Mm-hmm. It's weightless and we become limitless. Mm. So do, you, do you guys have any questions? I'm sorry, Kay? No, no, I said that's a nice saying. Do you guys have any questions that you want to ask each other on this? Use not use, because I use the ropes. I use the club bills, Indian clubs. You know. I've only tried the mace so far. So Kay's talking about the, I don't know what, if they're known in the UK, but here they're slush ropes. Yes, mm. the, the rope flow. Yeah, I've tried a little bit, but um, it's I've, I've struggled with it and not really been able to, to, to get very far with it. I don't have a real rope. I have a I have like a piece of climbing rope I found in the woods one day. Well, it's, it's a really interesting practice actually, and the, yeah, it really helps with body movements as well. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I haven't I haven't ventured. I did it at a workshop with Rick Brown. There was a guy that brought ropes, and I tried them, and I was like, I I don't speak this language. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good way to put it. It's a language. But My friend lent me her Indian clubs and I've used them like nice. one, probably once or twice. For anyone who's used a club, how would you kind of describe it comparatively to a mace if you've never used the club? The weighted clubs? Mm-hmm. Or the one yeah. that, I mean, Sarah's showing the one pound. The, the weighted, so I, you guys go ahead. I won't. These are, these are a pair and they're, they're, they come in like one, two, four, Maybe up to five pounds. People do all sorts of. I'm too close to the screen, but but that's different than a club belt, which is like a heavier thing, and you can do basically all the same mace movements with it. The same same as the mace, but the movements are more compact. You have to be a lot more tighter with your movements than with the the mace has got a wider swing. Yeah, that's interesting because I also like to use a gata. The homemade ones that I like Very I made different. really early. My friends and I made them and I like I made a four pound one. My friend made a seven pound and her son made a 12 pound. Um, and I'm the only one that uses any of them. So um, <laughs> but they're almost as tall as I am. And that length really adds a, a different kind of dimension. Yes. Different they're, they're long and they're slower. So they're a little bit harder, I think, than the same weight. In a in a mace, but also the 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 speed of it, the slowness, I think, adds to kind of the meditative, yeah, aspect of it. You you can't go fast. There's just no way. Like you really have to think about exactly if you're doing the three sixty or a ten to two, you have to follow it and come back, and take mm. your time. But the one of the other things, Emily, with the clubs is that you can choke up on it, which can with the mace also, but choking up on the club can make certain movements easier and the weight is more compact um Mm -hmm. so that that that's in a way a modification depending on what you're doing with it but next time when you're back in new york we'll get together and i'll bring my clubs the fact that the mace all of the weight is at one end versus the club where it's more distributed throughout the length of the the tool might might be a difference as well. And also because the club is shorter, the, the actual swing, if you think about the arc it creates, is a shorter, is a smaller arc. 
Can and I it, ask another question? <laughs> I was just going to say, like, um, as far as adding weight, because I went from the five pound to the seven pound, and then I did feel like a couple of tweaks in my back at first. And so now I use the five and then sometimes use the seven with like easier moves. Like I, um, I'm just wondering how it has gone for you guys adding weight. Do you wait till it's like really easy with one weight and then add more or what's your experience with them? Well, when I, when I first started, I followed what the mace man would say. He, I think he said, when you can do it with, um, when you could do a hundred reps on broken, with a weight, then you're ready to go up in weight. But obviously I didn't do like a hundred in one go. I did probably maybe 60 reps in one go. And then I knew at that point that, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go up in weight. So when you can do a continuous amount of repetitions with it, where you get into a, uh, into a flow with it, where you just continuously go in, as opposed to just doing one or two reps, if that makes sense. Cool, yeah, that's, I've never heard that. So that's good to know. I think it also depends on what movements you're doing. Like I can do 360s with 10 pounds, with uh, 15 pounds for pretty, pretty long times. Um, I did a, a challenge with the 15 pound, which was a great motivator um, in February where somebody said, let's do 3000 swings throughout the month with like your next stretch weight. And the first time I tried the 15 pounds, I, I was doing maybe like five reps at a time and that was all I could do and then I had to rest for a couple of days and my goal at the end of the month was 100 reps in one set one set and I got 200 reps in one set so I think at some point I got to a point where I could probably just go on indefinitely but with anything more complex like squats I can kind of do pretty well but lunges no five or seven pounds is about all I can handle or else I get so wobbly um so really that those more complex moves i i am limited to lighter weights when yeah, i first started exercise at all i started at a crossfit well a, a a gym that did basically crossfit style workouts and one of the strengths of that program if it's a good one is the the ideal that they scale workouts to your specific needs and like if some people start doing push-ups and they start on a wall um, and it's basically giving your body the same stimulus as the same as like the strongest guy in the gym who's doing the kind of push-ups where he like jumps off the floor. Plyometric <laughs> um, push-ups. Yeah. That's cool. I've never heard that. Yeah. And so for me, when I started to do a back squat, I put a PVC pipe on my back and I squatted to sit on a box. And then I stood up and that was my back spot. So, yeah. Cool. I, I, I used to also do a thing where I'd have like a set goal of reps I'll do for the workout. So I'd say like 50, I have to do 50 repetitions. So I could break it down into sets of 10, but I wouldn't leave until I've done five sets of 10, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. And then start increasing the complexity like you start with two hands on the mace and then you start trying to do it with one hand you know and then start getting a bit more confident with it yeah when i did the workshop with uh kelly and paul and uh john 
that was the 10 pound. And then I went and bought a 10 pound and found out that it was 13 pounds years later, which is a whole different story. But, um, <laughs> but I stuck with the 10 pound for a long time. And then I finally felt like, okay, I'll go and get a 15 pound. And I got the, uh, the Adex, which is, has the plates that you can take on and off. Um, and that's pretty much the, the Adex. I've maxed it for myself at 20. And then I have one Adex club, which is a beast. And you can add five pound plates on it. Um, but sometimes just to get used to certain movements that, that feel awkward, I'll just hold the addict's neck of the mace. I won't even have weight on it. And that thing, I think just the neck, I think is like six pounds and just to hold it and say, okay, this is what I have to do, you know, um, and then just build from there. So that's why I, that's why, you know, I, Sarah talks about putting a PVC pipe or when she worked with a mace, she grabbed a stick, you know, in the woods and Clea used a broom and, and Emily had a bedpost. You know, we all started with like these kind of obscure things that you would think, oh, okay, but let me just get used to it. So and I was doing the extreme one then. What's that? I, st I started with a 10 pound one straight away, but I didn't know anything about it. Yeah. <laughs> it was, I didn't know it better. That's, for me, that's like the beautiful thing about the mace. This is not about your ego. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I could even swing the 10 pound mace. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah really humbled me. If you could tell somebody who's starting out with the mace, who's fused, who says, I'm curious, what advice would you give them? Okay. I'll go first, because I think I'm the newest here at it. Um, my advice would be, it's similar to what everyone was just saying about how the, the weight amount that you use is shockingly less than what you would anticipate. I would say the same thing in terms of, you know, initial workouts and level of reps and things like that, that you're putting in um, to take it easier and go slower with the learning and not push yourself too hard, too fast. I'll just jump in and I'll say, leave your ego at the door. Well, I'll be the opposite and I'll say, have fun with it. It's so, <laughs> you can do any, like I'm, you said earlier, I'm, I do a lot of the steel mace flow and I'm, I think I've told you before, I'm dance phobic. I've never done anything related to dance, terrified, but I love the flow and, you know, just all of the various movements and sometimes in class, the coach will tell us to free flow and that's terrifying, but you know, I'm getting used to it. So have fun with it and don't feel limited by what you think you can do. Um, I can go next because I, yeah, I have less experience too, but I would just say like, it's worth it to, you know, commit to, regular practice even if it's not a long practice because that's what's been really working for me so like just do a really light weight and do it every day if you can and then you it's just um that has what been what has really helped me and you'll see like the difference that it will cause and the way you can move and 
that's what that has happened for me anyway. <laughs> okay, what would you tell someone? Well, I'll tell them, well, for somebody that's fused and has got scoliosis, I know for you to look at something like a mace, and I'm sure you'd have probably tried loads of different things in the past. Don't look at it as something, don't underestimate it basically, because it's, it's a more holistic practice than you would anticipate, you know? Just start slowly with it and just give it a try and see, see where it will take you. And I'm, I'm confident that you're gonna see a lot of improvements. Thank you, you guys, for, for taking the time to do this, to tell your stories and to, to share your experience about working with the mace. Cause you know, it's, we love it. We love it. And um, if anybody has any questions for Sarah or Kay or Emily or Clea, uh, you can all reach them on Instagram. Uh, their handles will be as followed. And if you guys are good with it, I would just like to finish out with us just swinging. I'd like to thank everybody again for being a guest on the scoliosis, uh, the T3 Fit Scoliosis podcast. And if you have any questions, please feel to met, feel free to message us and we'll see y'all soon. Okay, are you still here? Yep, I'm still here. Okay, are you gonna floor with us? Yeah. Or swing with us? <laughs> yeah, I am, I'm, I'm just getting ready. Oh, cool, okay. You'll see me, yeah. Yeah. Many people have asked about what it's like being fused and training with a mace. Well, this conversation talks about exactly that. So let's get started. If you like this episode, chances are there's someone else out there who needs to hear it too. So it would be a huge favor to me if you'd go ahead and give us a five-star review. It helps me get the message out to more people. And if you need help moving in pain, then download my five free tips and I'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>